Welcome to your weekly Social Jack Influence Factory. Introducing your coaches, Dean Delisle, Kate Hassett, and Jackson Delisle. Hey, 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 how's everybody doing? Hey, good, how are hey, you? what's up? That was interesting. Hey. 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 Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Influence <laughs> Factory. So um, we're uh, all here. Episode number 38. We are. What? Woo. Yep, I know. They fly by so fast. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Kate, how are you feeling? Great. I always want to say that. Yeah, Kate's great. Yep. All right. So uh, have, here's another episode where we help you develop your influence by bringing on inspiring guests to help you uh, continue to develop your influence. Uh, we also bring you uh, community updates as well as uh, uh, some industry news that we think is relevant to help you or your business build their influence. So, Kate, if these people that are on with us today want to engage with us before, during, after the show and forever, where's the best place to engage? Um, we will be live tweeting. One of our awesome team members, Jen, is on Twitter. Make sure you follow us at GetSocialJack and use the hashtag InfluenceFactory. And then, of course, we're also on Facebook, LinkedIn, Snapchat, Instagram, everywhere where you like to get your social at uh, SocialJack. So check us out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right on, right on. Okay. And then uh, Sanjay, we are also, there are slides and there are, you should be able to see us as well. So, uh, but if you can't, I'm going to tell you in a few minutes how you can. So welcome everybody from here in Chicago studios. And uh, we're broadcasting all over the world and hopefully wherever you're at, you can at least hear us if not see us. Um, remember to turn off your cell phone and any distractions, or if we have you point to your cell phone, make sure you have it close by as well. But what we want you to do is take a few notes, learn and have some distinct takeaways, especially from today's guest. We're going to be talking about millennial leadership in the workplace later today. So please make sure you tune in. Uh, communication is a big part of your success as an influencer, and we're always looking out for your best interest. So just to get warmed up here, uh, if you have, uh, maybe you uh, started up this and you, a meeting and you can hear it, uh, but maybe you can't see it like Sanjay reported in, there's a little flower or daisy in your taskbar. Usually it's yellow, sometimes it's green, sometimes it's blue, but if you click on that or you do Alt-Tab or uh, I don't know what it is on a Mac, Kate, isn't it like a, I don't know, it's something like that. Uh, but you can you can go to different windows that are open on your computer, and you should see how to engage with the GoToWebinar interface. Uh, in which case, there's also a mobile app. And if you want to switch from computer audio because maybe your Wi-Fi is going in and out, how's that, Kate? Was that a good inner? Yep, that's exactly what it sounds like. Right. So uh, you want to do. Um, you want to switch to uh, computer audio to phone call. You're going to get a number up on the screen and an access code, and then you can just dial in. A lot of people just listen audio only, so welcome. <clears throat> and then uh, I mentioned about the mobile app, and we always want to start with some questions. So Sanjay is our question board leader right now, and Sanjay didn't even know he was in a contest. Uh, if you type in questions, and we look for engagement. We're going to have polling questions. We're going to have questions. You're going to ask questions of the guests. The people that engage with us the most and people that are new always win some Starbucks gift cards at the end. Those are always cool, right? So our question of the day. Now, I don't know if this is only U.S., but is Halloween a global holiday, Kate? Do you know? I, w I should probably know that. I have no idea. So what's your favorite Halloween costume ever that your favorite Halloween costume ever type that in right now into the questions area. What was your favorite Halloween costume? Who did you go as? What was it? Come on, Kate. Who was it? Ask Jackson first. This is a hard one. Jackson. This is super easy. And I'm wearing the shirt right now. I went as arrow last year oh, and I'm wearing the shirt and I wore the shirt last week for that was related to our question, even though I didn't know the, I never know what he's going to ask everyone. Just so we're clear, this is so unprompted, but yeah, arrow. You, <laughs> I just want to let you guys know. Sorry, yeah. He said he was the good humor man. Cindy was Cinderella. 
and mm. also was a ballerina. Kate, how about you? Um, I went a couple years ago as Snooky from Jersey Shore, if you guys are familiar, um, when she had like the huge hair bump and I like painted my skin orange. That was a good one. That was proud of that oh one. Do you have pictures of that? Because I, I, <laughs> I would like those. I do, but they're tragic. <laughs> That's even better. I'll find them. I'll find them. They're embarrassing. Yes. I'll find them. Yeah, when I was a few pounds lighter, I went as Rambo, and I had, like, the, the gun belt, and I was camoed everywhere, and, uh, yeah, but that was, like, 35 years ago. Great. Now I just gave my age away. Carla said when she was 12. Oh, no, I got to scroll up to see this. Um, Roger, we're reporting in on our best Halloween costumes ever. Uh, I was a cracked egg, basically a pillowcase with a grade A on the front and yellow at the top and yellow leggings. Carla, oh, I think you should do that good. this year. I bet you sport that well. Abby that's was awesome. Abby was Sarah Palin. That's awesome. Um, that's that's funny. Right on. All right. So keep typing those in. So, so far we have some winners on the leaderboard. We have Roger. Oh, he was the Jolly Green Giant. Jen was Garcia from Criminal Minds. That's awesome, too. That's awesome. Garcia's cool. We were just talking about that this morning. Yeah, it's back so. on. Uh, okay. So we have Jimmy Z on the leaderboard. We have a lot of uh, influencers that are on the leaderboard. So keep playing along. And Jackson, once we record this, where do we feature these recordings? Uh, so if you would like to watch the recording, you can uh, watch it on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. We have a whole playlist dedicated to Influence Factory episodes. So you can watch any of the past ones you missed, as well as uh, if you subscribe to our channel, you'll get notified every time that we upload a new video. Uh, and then also you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, Spreaker, and SoundCloud. And if you subscribe on any of those, you will also get a notification directly to your cell phone um, on how uh, when we upload a new episode. So yep, make and sure then, to do that. And then don't forget uh, Social Jack subscribers. You get access to all the show notes and everything as a Social Jack member. So make sure you log in and get all those downloads and anything that we mention is all packaged up nicely and in the social jack resource center so please make sure you uh join those episodes in there and you'll be able to rock and roll and uh, download a whole bunch of cool stuff as well as some new forms we well, also have some oh yeah go ahead actually as a social jack subscriber you get uh discount codes and things like that uh as well as notes from recordings uh past recordings of webinars we've done but specifically for the influence factory if you go to the resource center at app.socialjack.com, uh, you'll be able to access as a guest and view uh, the right. recordings for Influence Factory. So uh, let's say you're not a member, you can still get the materials that we talk about in the show. Um, I didn't know that. Okay, let's keep moving. So, Thank you, Jackson. Okay, yeah, no so discount codes. Uh, remember, discount codes, discount codes, discount codes. So some of our upcoming events, we have a record number of people attending <clears> this <throat> Thursday's webinar, How to Convert LinkedIn Connections to Clients, Five Steps to Monetize Your Network. These are some new things that you haven't heard before, so make sure you tune in. 11 a.m. Central Time. Uh, they can go to socialjackflash.com and register for this or listen to previous recordings of Flash classes so make sure you tune in on that blockchain summit chicago i think most of you have contacted us but you automatically automatically uh, can get some either backstage passes for this or you can get access to the uh to the video recording but you have to let us know once those passes run out we'll still have discount passes up to 25 percent off but this is a massive chicago networking event it's at the union league club if you're somewhere else in the world just tune in remotely also, uh, how to be a LinkedIn business influencer. This is our flagship class. This is how to develop your influence. So with that being said, uh, please make sure you let us know if you can be there. Uh, it goes from 1 to 5 p.m. and then 5 to 7 is Lou Malnati's Pizza and a ton of networking and a fun party afterwards. Uh, but you'll get four hours of developing your influence. So please, 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 uh, please, if you can get in there, uh, there's a huge discount for you. Just let us know. Uh, message us on this show, and we'll make sure that we get you in for the lowest possible cost. So we always look forward to seeing people. We're just about full, too. I think we have like eight to ten seats. We just expanded a little bit. 
All right, let's talk about some news here. So uh, I'll get over to the news. So uh, real quick, how are we doing on time today? Woo, we have two minutes, 60 seconds each article. YouTube adds new ad extensions, improved brand lift metrics. Go. So basically, this is super cool because uh, YouTube's announced that they're going to add new tools that are designed to provide more capacity to improve um, uh response and uh to improve your response and measure ad performance uh, on ads that you post on uh, youtube it's very similar to posting ads on facebook or any of the other social platforms only this is a video ad so this will have things this is really cool this is uh already available this wasn't included in their new rollout but this one allows you to let's say you're like this, for example, this Google Home Mini that is in the that is mentioned in the article, uh, they showed a video uh, promo of the uh, ex- the product, and then underneath the video they show where you can buy this product. Yeah. So this is very cool. So you can show, uh, you know, visit us at you know, and then you can list your company's location, or let's say you deal in. Uh, you know, products, you can show where they can purchase those products. So I think that is very cool. And it is a next step, next step towards um, being able to, you know, have more response responses on your ad, click rates, things like that. Another thing I'd like to add on that last article is that they are adding the brand lift uh, tool, which uh, aims to evaluate your YouTube ad performance better than ever before. So uh, this feature will allow you uh, to collect data uh, such as like who exactly is uh, viewing your ads. So you'll see like name, email, things like that. You'll be able to collect your data data. as you um, do that. It'll also cross check which people viewed the ad and then which people clicked the ad and it'll show you who uh, actually clicked on it. So, and took the extra step. So if we move on to our next article, uh, this is nine reasons why your website might not be showing up on Google. It is an infographic. And uh, in short, the nine reasons are cloaking, spam, spammy structured markup, free hosting, user-generated spam, keyword stuffing, duplicate content, and uh, doorway pages and unnatural links. So I'm gonna go through three of these super quick. Cloaking definition is the act of showing search engines one thing and then showing your website visitors a whole other thing. So that that's a big thing of why uh, why your website might not be uh, listed on Google. Then yeah, there is uh, f- the free hosting. The definition of that would uh, it says in there is that they don't get drawn in. Uh, there's no such thing as free hosting. So basically what they what happens is you're promised free hosting by this uh, by the platform, whichever platform you choose. But in turn, you get um, you get spammy pop up ads and terrible uh, customer service. So right. this is uh, this is something Google's working to end completely uh, nice. just free hosting uh, scam altogether. And then user generated spam is uh, spam that's generated by people or bots. And that uh, it, it comes in the form of leaving comments, uh, linking back to a website on forums, uh, messages and comment boxes, and uh, other user profiles on platforms. So make sure to go through and remove all user-generated spam that show that's showing up on your website, website as well as manually uh, moderate the content that appears on your website. So that's going to be very important in uh, fixing that. And that's all for the news. All right. Thank you, Jackson. Okay. So real quick, uh, while we uh, have everybody checked in and we're getting ready for our guests, let's go ahead and do a quick poll. And then, Kate, I'm going to cover a quick lesson. So uh, we're going to get ready for our guests coming up here in a minute. So, Kate, as you know, we work really hard uh, with our clients on making sure they are thought leaders on LinkedIn. And as you know, because you do a lot of coaching as well, what happens is people think it's all about them telling their network what they're good at. But in fact, what really 
is effective in terms of being seen as a thought leader is really commenting and sharing and playing with other thought leaders. You agree with that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And so we have a whole business around this where we help you do that at a more effective level. So um, so make sure that you're doing that uh, on your own and make sure that you're actually going in and engaging with other thought leaders. We call that playing up, up leveling. So you really want to make sure you do that. So and that also helps build your circle of influence. So, Kate, we have an amazing guest on with us today. So we have uh, Coy McDermott. Um, he is, uh, I want to call him a millennial leadership specialist. I know he has a different title, but that's what I call him. That's who he is for me because I'm always trying to figure out, and Kate is my millennial angel that helps me figure <laughs> all this out. Um, but he's he's overcome a lot of things with himself. Uh, he uh, he fell in love with large crowds from his seventh grade talent show, played rugby, uh, three different levels, uh, has always been interested in doing voiceover work and holds the record for creating the best bedtime songs. So mm -hmm. we want to welcome our thought leader, uh, our millennial um, leadership specialist, uh, Koi, come on up and uh, we look forward to having you on, my man. How you doing? I'm doing great, Dean. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> All right. Now, I, you know I have to ask this. Is, sure, go ahead. And you're not even ready for this because we like you to be surprised. So give your surprise look. Um, okay. I, I, hold, I, hold, I hold the record for creating the best bedtime songs. Can you yeah. give us an example? Uh, well, sure. So uh, bedtime songs, I, I'm, I'm really, really good at creating bedtime songs like on the spot with uh, with with my little girl. And the record that I hold is actually with her. Uh, my daughter's name is Marley. And um, every single night that uh, that I put her to bed, I try to create like a different, you know, bedtime song. But like one of her favorites is uh, the good night song that I put together. And it, um, you know, I'll just give you a little bit. It's good night, good night, good night, good night to you. Good night, good night. You're the best friend too. And then I just kind of go in and I just tickle her and I just absolutely love it. But I mean, <laughs> there's like so many like different bedtime songs that I just have that uh, I create. Um, anytime she loses a tooth or anything like that, there's like that tooth fairy song that I'll put together. Or, um, you know, if she's done something great at school, I'll kind of put together a little song about that as well. But I mean, it's just, it, it's just, it's just making sure that I get an opportunity to kind of spend that time. And, um, you know, she loves them. She says that they're the best. So I, I you know, I hold the record. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And um, also very sneakily, right before we went on, you mentioned that you're a first generation American. Is that what you said? Yes. Yes. So where's yes, your family yes. from? My entire you family this is in your from. Fun fact. This is yeah. a influence factory exclusive. Yes. It's right. The, Exclusive, exactly. Um, uh, my entire family's from from Jamaica. I, I was at I was at Texas State last night, and I was speaking, and uh, it, it was it was right after work, and I told them I was like, hey, listen, if you can give me some some of your energy, I promise you that I'll give you the rest of the energy that I have. Like I'm just getting off of work, and since my family's first, uh, since my family's all from Jamaica, I legitimately have like nine jobs. So like I need you to stay with me and like give me as much energy as possible, and uh, and and. and they were down for it so i love it awesome. that's super cool super cool so um so then are you doing uh speaking i know you're doing a lot of speaking are you yeah. also speaking at the university are you teaching there or what are you doing sure. with them sure so um i am doing right now a ton of speaking at um at universities because i have a conference coming up uh the conference is the i3s conference that'll be on february 16th 2019 and there's a very large emphasis on um, engineering talent especially around diverse engineering talent um you know during my time at uh, at, at apple and um even of course kind of during my time now uh, with google fiber you know i just see that uh, there is a, a lack of uh, of people of color in especially the tech industry and then also um as i travel to you know so many different uh, companies and work with so many different fortune 500 companies as far as the stakeholders vp c-level organizations i find that I'm typically the only individual who looks like me in the room. So uh, the I3S conference is really about uh, being able to bring and curate um, handpicked really great talent that can help to not only fill the need uh, with regard to what uh, companies and organizations are looking for with, you know, engineers, but then also filling the need with being able to bring in, you know, diverse talent so that you are able to uh, increase the bottom line. You are able to uh, match your your customers and your consumers uh, better, be able to deliver a greater and better product. And, you know, we can all kind of grow together. So uh, that is, yeah, just really the push right now, um, you know, going to so many different, you know, colleges and universities. 
Yeah, and, and Kate, we can probably pass the word. We have an influencer program for universities that are trying Love to it. figure out how to capitalize on alumni as well as current students. Love so it. We talk about that offline um, when we uh, catch up. And of course, you know, we're in Austin, Texas, like every other month now. So we'll definitely yeah, yeah. in ATX. person. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know i'm starting to get uh you know austin city limits and all this other stuff i'm starting nice. to get all, all grooved into the like the music scene i love live music so so you uh so so give us your journey a little bit in terms of you know now you're speaking on stage and a lot of our listeners are wanting to become speakers or they're wanting to be known in their industry tell us a little bit about the journey of how you got to this moment Mm, man. Um, so I know that we have a limited amount of time. So <laughs> what I'll do is uh, I will I will actually kind of jump into the my, my love of uh, of large crowds. So uh, for the majority of my life, I had a debilitating stutter, and it wasn't until uh, my English teacher, her name is Mrs. Demerson, and you know I continue to like say her name because like I want I I want to be able to like reconnect with her because her believing in me, her belief in me was just absolutely amazing. And it was it was really pivotal to me becoming the individual that I am today and being able to kind of overcome that stutter. And it was, you know, kind of being in the back of the class, I was always super disruptive. I will let you all know that right now was a very disruptive kid. Yeah, uh, <laughs> for some reason, school just did really challenge me. Um, really good thing was I always had I always had good grades. So I never really got in trouble per se. But, uh, you know, just to give you an example, like high school year, uh, uh, high school year, <laughs> senior year in high school, uh, the majority of my classes were like office aides, right? Like I would just be kind of like <laughs> moving around because I was done with my work and they were like, okay, we've got to do something for this guy. Um, but if anyone would have told me that I would have been doing what I'm doing right now, I would have told them that they were absolutely crazy. But one of the things that I really realized was you have to go out and do it. And so many times I think, you know, we kind of get caught up on 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 our disabilities, right? We kind of get caught up on our stutter, if you will, whatever that is for you, right? It could be, you know, your height, it could be your weight, it could be the way that you look, it could be an accent that you have, whatever your stutter is for you, you've got to get through it, right? And you've got to get past it. And the only way to do it is to actually do it. Um, it's not thinking about doing it. It's not continuing to ask for advice on how to do it. It's just going out and it's doing it. I am a firm believer of if you want to be, do. If you want to be a photographer, go out and start taking some photos. If you want right. to be a speaker, go out and start speaking. And there's so many places to be able to speak. Uh, there's Rotary Clubs. You can check those out. You can go to Toastmasters. It's super, super inexpensive, you know, to become a member. Um, you can you can, if you have children, you can reach out to the principal and say, you want to come up there and speak to the kids, right? Like there's so many different ways to be able to do it. And that would essentially be my advice. If you want something to change, you have to change something, go out and start doing it. That's, that's awesome. I, um, I had, um, I, I have uh, dyslexia and this is like bringing me back to the point that I had a fear of reading. Like I, I was okay on the speaking front, but if I ever had to read, I would literally just break out into a sweat and I would be all nervous and I would be like scared to death. And, and then I would just mess up even more. And then, um, in our church, I volunteered to be a lector, which meant you had to read in front of the entire congregation. Yeah. <laughs> and after about a year, it took me a while. But like you said, I just said I was scared to death. And I'm like, I signed up to be one. And they and they were like grilling me. And I'm like, I have no experience at this. And I'm dyslexic. And they go, well, let's just take a shot at it. Like you said, just do it. That's and, it. Uh, and, and so now I'm way better, but I still feel that fear inside, you know? Of course. Of course, and, of course. And do you feel that too? I mean, you know, because if you had, you know, this was like, uh, what what year did you uh, did you not have the stutter? I mean, where did Ooh. where did it? I would say that the stutter. Well, the crazy thing is, Dean, I still stutter today, right? It's yeah, that's what I was it's wondering. Really, one of yeah, it's it's really one of those things that will will probably forever be something that's with me, right? Like I I think of my stutter as a scar. And I think that we all just have to become, you know, at peace with our scars, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I look you. at, you know, like 
even, you know, physical scars that I might have, right? Like scars on like my arms or my legs, et cetera. And the moment that we begin to kind of change our perspective about our scars and we become at peace with them and we understand and realize that the scars are not necessarily there to show you like where you messed up or show you where you fell, but more so there to remind you of what you overcame. And every time that, you know, I kind of get into a mode to where, you know, I, I want to stutter or I, I feel like a hostage in my own body and can't get right. those words out. I just remind myself that, hey, this is this is just a scar, right? And you've already overcome this and continue to push forward. So, um, you know, I would say that I never really overcame my stutter, but um, it is something that, of course, I manage, I work with, I deal with, and I've shif- shifted my perspective on. Well, kudos to you. And, and I, I, I relate to that and the fact that, you know, as I'm thinking about anything that I've ever feared about, you know, it's like, it's not like it goes away, but it's, it's there, but it's like, you feel less, less afraid about it, you know? Yeah, 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 for sure. I don't necessarily think that it gets easier per se. I just think that we get better. Right. And, yeah, that's good you know, just the more we grow at it, um, you know, just the better and better we get. Oh man. So you, um, so, so now, so how did you get involved with sort of identifying that there was this communication thing with, um, with, with millennials? Cause you know, I've, 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 um, I've, I've given talks on communication and multi-general communication. I'm not a specialist at it, but I've studied folks like you that have inspired me to think about it differently or to put things in the workplace. So Kate and I, can speak mostly the same language on most days and she can understand <laughs> what I'm saying and I understand her. And, and in doing this, um, you know, for the first time in our lifetime, and I don't know if people realize this, but in the workplace and Kate, I think we have four, but, but the average workplace with 10 or more employees has four generations working together in some yeah. cases now five. Yep. So tell us how you decided, okay, I'm going to I'm going to be the thought leader that tackles this takes it on and this is how I'm going about it because I think a lot of people have this inside of them and their stutter is them not going for it. So I'd love to hear how you made that choice and and how you got here with it. Sure, sure. I think sometimes so many people whenever they think about, you know, like their their passion so to speak, uh they immediately try to figure out what it is that they love. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't think about what you love, but a lot of times what you should be doing has everything to do with something that you loathe, right? Something that you absolutely hate, something that irritates you, something that gets under your skin, something that you're just like, you just frustrates you, right? And that was one of the things for me. Um, you know, it, it, it happened actually uh, when I was in, in, in New York City, I was in Manhattan. This was my very first executive briefing while I was with Apple. Um, I had, you know, flown out there. I'm in my 20s. I'm having a great time. And I'm meeting with uh, a lot of the C-level executives. Well, actually one of the C-level executives, the CTO of Johnson & Johnson and all of his direct reports. And he and I, we had been having conversations back and forth, you know, really, really great thing for me is, you know, I've got this, this like pretty, pretty decent voice, right? And like on the phone, if you don't see me, you're, you'd probably think that I'm like this really, really like big guy. So uh, he said two <laughs> things to me, right? Uh, the first thing he said to me was, wow, you're a whole lot shorter than I thought you would be in person, right? That was like, that was like number one. And the second thing he said to me was, oh my God, you're, you're just a kid. And it was like, as we were sitting at this table, wow. he consistently spoke about my generation, young professionals, millennials, and, um, you know, was just really chatting about how they just didn't get it, right? And, you know, was was just kind of speaking. And then as I would, you know, fly back and um, being a millennial who managed millennials as well, I would kind of be in these rooms with my generational peers and, it, this was actually at a happy hour. I was sitting and I was chatting with one of my friends. And, you know, I don't know if it was if it was the Crown and Cokes that we were drinking or <laughs> if it was just, you know, kind of one of those days. But he was venting. And, and as he was venting, he said the same exact thing. He was just like, you know, they just don't get it. And it was like kind of in that moment. It was it was yeah. like a, it, it was like a drink inspiration, if you will. Where I was just like, ha. Ah! Like we're saying the same exact words, but we're speaking a completely different language. And yeah. it was, you know, kind of there that I was like, okay, 
now that I know that millennials are now the largest living generation, right? There's over 80 million millennials just here in the United States. Uh, 2020 millennials will make up 50% of the workforce. By 2025, they make up 75% of the workforce. And we've got two very large generations, right? We've got the baby boomer generation and we have the millennial generation. And what's and so a, interesting- And a few in between. And a few in between, <laughs> right, right, right. So, 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 so of course, before millennials, you've got the uh, traditional list and in between baby boomers and millennials, you have Generation X. But we have these two very large generations, which are the baby boomers and the millennials. And with that largeness also comes this very vocal, very strong feelings. And everyone feels very strongly about what they think, where you have one side that says, we want to keep things the way that they are. And you have another side that says, it can get better and we want to change it. And there's there is value in both sides. There's value in doing what has been working for you. And there's value in innovating those things that have been working for you to then move things to a completely different level. And that is really what I enjoy doing is helping to bridge that gap with generations to know and understand that if we can begin to bring more empathy into the workplace, we can understand where other individuals are coming from, right? If we're too busy speaking and talking about what it is that we want and we're not doing enough listening about what the other individual is actually trying to say, then we continue to reach an impasse and we move into the I can't. But the moment we change that to I can if, and we begin to speak about possibilities that are out there and we can become a bit more empathetic, then we have an opportunity to really see tremendous change, tremendous growth and create and build sustainable companies. Yeah, that's interesting. And so Kate, you have uh, you have some uh, Gen Z's working for us, uh, your babies, yeah. as you call them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think of you, you know, all is mine type thing. So it's interesting how, um, you know, how do, how do we communicate differently? It feels like we communicate differently, all of us, in the workplace versus in the world. Are you seeing that too? Like when we're out and we're all together and we're having a cocktail or whatever it is, the social setting, mm-hmm. it feels different. Is that because there's less um, being said or is it just said differently? Do you have you? That's been a fascination of mine. So maybe you can give me some light on that. Yeah, well, I mean, things are starting to merge. And um, one of the, you know, examples that I, that I love to talk about, you know, whenever I just kind of speak about different generations is I really love to use the, the, the this. So, 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 Dean, do you remember whenever your parents would tell you that you could not make a phone call after nine o'clock? Well, yeah, because there was only one phone. Right, right. There was only one phone. Someone's grandparents could be, and I couldn't hide anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, and 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 like and and with that, now I sit and I think about how things are changing. Right, it was like before things were trickling down, but now they're permeating up. Right. Um, it wasn't too long ago, and I actually shared this photo where I was at a Jason's Deli. Um. Is, is, is Jason's Deli in Chicago? You all like Jason's Deli? Okay. I don't well, think so. But there's okay. one in Georgia, so I'm familiar with it. It's okay, like a cool. sandwich place. It's like a pot bellies. Right, right. Just like a pot bellies, right. Mm-hmm. A, a sandwich place you can go in. They've got like, you know, soup, salad, sandwiches, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And oh, they've got like free ice cream, which is like if you <laughs> dine in, free ice cream. Anyway, okay. So um, I'm there and I'm sitting down and there was this woman who had who, who had just sat down, down and the moment that she sat down, she had her salad and the salad was absolutely immaculate, right? It, it had like everything you could think about it. She had fruit on the salad as well, yeah. some watermelon pieces, some apple, like some cranberries. I was just looking, I was just watching her and, and she just gently puts the, you know, like, like the salad dressing on, right? And she's just kind of doing like this, like this layering action, right? Think of the Twix commercial as they're just like layering the <laughs> yeah, caramel right. on, right? So she's just like layering on this this uh, this salad dressing, and I'm just watching, you know, how how delicately she's doing it. And sure enough, she then pulls her phone out and she goes to take a photo. And the moment she takes a photo, I was telling, you know, the person that I was with, I was like, hey, give me just a second, I, I I've got to go over and ask a question. And I have um, a, a photo of this woman, and her 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 name was Michael. I I, I asked her, I said, hey, Michael. I do a lot with generations. Do you mind if I ask you a really, really quick question? And she was like, sure. And I was like, I noticed that you're now taking a photo of your salad. Can you tell me why? And she was like, well, yeah, like I've got to send it to the group text. And I was like, what? But what I haven't told you all was that Michael is 82 years old. 
right? And she's sitting at this table with her husband, with her husband. They've been married for over 45 years and she is sitting there and she's taking a photo of her salad and sending it to a group text. Right. And then how old are the members of the group text? Right. Oh, okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here we one go. of the members, one of the members of the group text was her daughter, who had just recently um uh gone through in vitro and it took. So she was actually now going to have a child. And she was sending a photo to the group text to let her daughter know that I'm eating healthier now so that I can be around for my grandchildren. Oh, right. My God. And it was just it, it was just one of those heartwarming stories. And it continued to show me that things are no longer trickling down like, hey, wait till nine o'clock to call someone. Things are permeating up where we now have, you know, I think about it, for example, you know, Whenever um, uh, 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 Barack Obama was was our president, he was he was the king of selfies, right? So right. like things are like permeating up now. It is it is actually what the younger generations are doing is starting to now come into play, where we're now seeing this this difference in this merging of personal life and and professional life. And it kind of started with the BYOD movement, where you could bring in whatever your device was, and now you could be able to use uh, and 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 do work on your on your cell phone or anything like that. Now into Individuals are looking at your social media account. They want to know what you're currently doing, et cetera. They want to be able to use you as a brand ambassador, right? Things are starting to merge. And because of that mergence, we we also now as companies, corporations, organizations, we have to be ready for that. And we have to be able to speak that language. And that is where, you know, I'm starting to see a lot of the gaps really start to kick in and play. But I'm also starting to see the largest opportunities for change and growth. Yeah. I love that. And I think too, like, I, and I love that we talk about it from a millennial standpoint and I'm hearing other people say, but what about Gen Z and why aren't we talking about the younger generations now? But I think the difference is, is that the millennials are the last of the, of the streetlight generation, as my dad says, where it's like, <laughs> we played outside till it was dark. You know, we did have to wait till after nine o'clock or we did have to call before nine o'clock when we were kids because that yeah. was our period rule. But then we got cell phones at 16 and you had to wait till after nine o'clock to call because that was when the free nights and weekends. That's right. I forgot about that. Right. That's the first thing I was thinking of when you were talking. So we're constantly straddling that line. And, you know, we're 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 learning from our mentors and our and the CEOs and the C-suite executives who have been telling us there's no room for empathy and compassion in the workplace. And then we come up and then they're like, but how can I make you better? How can I help you? And it's like, well, everyone's just kind of straddling that fine line of like how much empathy can we let in and how much shows vulnerability and what vulnerability is okay to show. So I think it's really interesting that we're talking about it and how millennials have kind of done both and you know we're bringing in the technology and I remember being in college and I think about it a lot with my Gen Z's my babies as we talk about because everything they're doing is online not just the way they communicate but even their classes when I was in college it was like we had the hybrid classes and we'd submit assignments online but we still went to class and Mm -hmm. you you can get whole degrees masters doctorates online now they have whole classes that they'll never show up to so it's like where has technology taken over. And I remember being in class and my teachers, you know, my college professors taking away um, cell phones and saying like, you can't use that in the workplace. I'm on my phone all day. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I'm on my phone and computer all day. So it's just interesting. Just so you guys know, when I was in class, this was a calculator. And they told me no calculators anywhere, right? (laughs) Just the other day, Jackson was looking all over this office, like, where is a calculator? Do we own one? No, we have a phone. We don't need one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I actually saw this recent video, um, and it it was on it was on IG. And as I was watching it, um, I actually I showed it to my daughter, and um, it was a video where uh, this parent was out with, with with like three kids, and they were all looking at this payphone, right? And it was like, as they were looking at this payphone, they were, you know, the kids were kind of like playing with it or whatever. And uh, you, you kind of heard the parent asking in the background, uh, you know, who knows what this is? And everyone's kind of looking, you know, all the kids are kind of looking at it. They kind of like take the, you know, kind of like the uh, the, 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 the receiver off of, and, you know, they're kind of holding it in their hands and they're kind of looking around. And the, the best answer to me was like, one of the kids was like, we learned about this in science class, but I don't remember what it is. And I was just like, oh my God. But you're exactly right, Kate. Like the reason that I focus so much on millennials is number one, millennials are the largest living generation. And with Generation Z, 
the numbers just are not going to be there. And yeah. Generation Alpha is coming after Generation Z. We're also seeing that generations are starting to, to uh, the gap that we're now calling uh, or uh, putting individuals, grouping individuals in generationally is also going to get smaller as well. So, yes. um, and millennials are also kind of the key to really understanding the new frontier, just as you said, we straddle that line, right? Where we kind of remember the whole, you know, the dial-up internet thing. Like I remember caller ID, I remember call waiting, <laughs> you know, whenever all that stuff came around. And now to kind of see how technology is going and working. And just as you said, Generation Z, my daughter, she's eight, she's had an iPad in her hand since she was about one, right? Mm -hmm. So like she, like her generation, Generation Z is going to be a very interesting generation. But again, the key to really beginning to understand that is understanding the millennial generation, being able to kind of speak millennial, if you will, so that you could then now translate that and kind of use that as a transferable skill. So, Coy, I don't know if you've heard this, but uh, we covered this in a social media strategy summit about four or five years ago when the conversation about millennials and Gen Z were coming about. Sure. And we always say with Gen Z is that they were swiping before they're wiping. Mm. Swiping <laughs> before they're wiping. I love that. I mean, you know, if, 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 if I were to put like a moniker on, on Gen Z, I would call Gen Z the how-to generation, right? Yeah, well, uh, they were like, born with devices in their hand, like you said. Exactly. I mean, like my, my daughter taught herself how to play the piano with YouTube, taught herself how to play her, uh, her little ukulele with YouTube. She ah, teaches herself yeah. how to make slime constant god that little girl loves making slime chimney christmas right but <laughs> so does my goddaughter she's all about the slime i'm like oh my gosh like what's up with this slime but and, and then you know she just does experiments after oh hey dad i found out that contact solution actually makes the slime stickier so i need to use more shaving cream and now there's shaving cream everywhere and i'm just like what is going well dad i'm just doing another experiment i saw this here and, we're, and i'm just like goodness so uh you know I, if, if I were to dub, you know, Generation Z, I, I would dub them the how-to generation, right? You, you know, maybe you can explain this. So I grew up as a percussionist and played a bunch of other instruments. And we've got musicians that are on with us. And then my daughter uh, took uh, middle school uh, band. And so she got into percussion as well. So I bought a new drum kit. And, and I try to learn music on YouTube. And then when she learns music on YouTube it's like a hundred times faster. And is that because I didn't grow up learning that way that my mind can't function? And maybe that's this thing in the workplace that we're dealing with is that our minds learn differently. Is that, do you see that too? Sure, well, I mean, I think we've got so many different factors, right, Dean? Like it's a myriad of things. So of course we we get and understand that the, the, the younger you are, um, it's easier for you to retain information. It's easier sure. for you to learn information, right? They speak about if you want to learn um, languages, the best time to have individuals learn languages is if they're, you know, is if they're young, right? Like mm -hmm. the neuroplasticity is just different in our brains as we're younger. It's not to say that once we get older, we can't learn new tricks, if you will, but it takes, it, it takes a bit more work, right? It takes more energy. And the real question is, do you feel like putting in the energy? That's that's number one. But then yeah. also number two, there's different learning styles, right? You have individuals who learn very well, um, you know, who are audio learners, who are visual learners, who are um, right. kinesthetic learners. They've got to touch things. They have to, you know, kind of go through it. They love to move kind of while they're learning, et cetera, right? So that could also be at play as well. So again, I think that there's a myriad of things that that, that go on and happen with regard to the way that we learn. But one of the things that I, I get and understand is that empathy is something that is not innate, right? Um, empathy is something that is learned. Uh, I didn't really understand how innate selfishness was until I had a child, right? Like once you have a child, you get and understand how innate selfishness is, right? She didn't care if I was sick, she didn't care what time it was. She didn't care what I had to do or anything that was going on. When she was a baby, she needed what she needed right, right. now. Not like to, not like tomorrow, not like 10 minutes from now, like right now, right now, right? Like that, that, that selfishness or that survival mechanism is something that is instinct, 
instinctive to us. So empathy is something that has to be learned. And typically the way that you learn empathy is by being shown empathy. And I think that we as leaders, in order to be more effective, we have to show empathy so that we can begin to teach what it is that we would love to receive, what it is that we would like our organization to stand for, and what it is that we are looking for in uh, new hires, what, what we are looking for with regard to the culture that we're building and that we're expanding on. Absolutely. Yeah. So you are a millennial leadership consultant. So yeah. my question is, where does where do you get in the majority of your business? Is this leaders, um, you know, baby boomer age leaders that are coming to you saying we're have a hard we're having a hard time communicating with the younger generation? Is it younger people? Is it hiring managers with like retention issues? Like where is the where is the need coming from? Yeah, uh, the need, believe it or not, is is on both sides. Um, mm -hmm. So I work with uh, uh, leaders of companies, organizations who are currently in leadership roles who are having issues engaging and retaining millennials, wow. their their uh, their young professionals and their top talent, right? And then I also work with millennials who and young professionals who are moving into leadership roles, teaching them the skills and strategies they need to employ in order to be successful so that they can um, begin to immediately make an impact on the bottom line. And the reason I focus on both is because the moment that we come up with a cure for something, you not only have to treat the individuals who have been affected or infected, I'm sorry, you also have to go out and do the prevention as well right? right and that is essentially why i play so well on on both sides of the fence is really really going out and helping the companies or organizations who have been infected so to speak and then going out and working with the uh, millennial generations to begin to kind of work on the prevention and and of course some of the the really innovative and open-minded leaders to help to kind of work on the prevention as well I was uh, I was wondering I was thinking uh, about this as I'm like listening to the dynamics just even in this conversation here, and so I'm like thinking, do you remember they when they came out with like the Urban Dictionary and the Emoji mm -hmm. Translator Dictionary? I'm like, there should there should be like this this map, and maybe you could be the developer of this koi, but this map is like this person says this. This is what they hear. This is what they mean. And when they respond, this is what they mean. You know, almost like yeah. a translator, you know. We're doing yeah. a lot of work in Asia right now. And I'm like trying to learn some of the the little even catchphrases. Yeah. And I'm like, and I and I always ask, when we do this, is it offensive? Because I have no idea. Mm -hmm. And and I actually asked Kate this too, even here. I'm like, did that come across the right way? What did you hear? Because I'm curious to be a better leader. Sure. And, so so um, so I think that empathy is people caring to change and to make it better. Do, do I have that right? I mean, that's what I'm that's hearing. You say. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly that's exactly correct. Right. Um, you know, until until we can get to a point of where the individual across the table, the individual across the computer in our case knows and understands that what they are saying is actually cared about and it's actually valued mm -hmm. and we we continue to be at an at an impasse you know i i think sometimes we we look at our differences or we think about our differences and we feel as though it is a, a damnation if you will yeah. but it's 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 our difference that's actually the value that we bring to our companies and organizations our families our friends and ultimately the world and the moment that we can embrace those differences and understand the value that that brings right understand the value that 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 seasoned that experienced employee is able to bring and the value that 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 young passionate energetic employee is able to bring and now how to harness that and put that together that is something that's absolutely magical you know it's something that I, I even wish that my teachers when I was younger would have actually embraced, right? And they 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 started to as I, you know, would, would get older. But when I was younger, I would constantly be in trouble. But if you have a student that is disruptive, number one, because they aren't being challenged in school, um, then then there's 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 something that needs to kind of be fixed there. But the other thing to think about is if you have a student that is disruptive, but more importantly, has the attention of all of the other students. Right. When you're supposed to be the authority figure, when you're supposed right. to be the prominent person, then you now actually need to look into 
the qualities that that student has and figure out how you can now put that student into a leadership role or a leadership position to where they're now working with you to create a more you know, cohesive environment where you're now able to teach better, et cetera, as opposed to, all right, well, let me just separate you and move you. And I was like, mm -hmm. little do you know, everybody in here is my friend, right? If you move me from like <laughs> the back of the class to the front of the class or to the right of the class, or to the, like, I'm just going to continue to make friends. Like that's, <laughs> that's not the solution. The solution isn't moving me. Right? Oh my that's God. That's so, it's so, that was so me. I'm so glad. Yeah. You said and little do you know that all the attendees in here right now were those kids because they're all Love disruptors it. and that's why yes. they're interested in learning oh, and becoming okay. better. Yeah. So you're absolutely talking to the right audience. So I also wonder too, oh, I'm sorry. Um, no, I was gonna I was gonna ask you. everybody to respond if they agree that they were the disruptors. I know Stephen Thomas like, was, I know I like Trish, I know Miriam. Go ahead. Okay. I also wonder too if um, the you know the shift in the millennials and the empathy in the workplace and all that has to do with the millennials' view of mental health in the workplace because that's something that I'm seeing a lot recently where it, it used to be not welcomed and um, you know as millennials are coming up all of a sudden this mental health in the workplace is becoming um, a topic at hand that has always kind of been hush hush not even just in the workplace but in America as a whole so I'm wondering if you're seeing any any connection between that? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely seeing a connection uh, between that. Um, you know, Gallup, Gallup did a really, really great study. Um, and they, they, the, the study, if you're familiar with that, with, with strengths finder, right, oh, where yeah, they kind of go right. through, you know, like the top five strength themes, et cetera. And they did this and broke this down by, by, by generation. Um, they, uh, they used uh, traditionalists, they used baby boomers, generation X and millennials. And there were two traits that were unique to millennials. Um, uh, that the other generations didn't have. And the first was adaptability, right? Yeah, yeah. And the second was empathy. And uh, I just, I, I find it so interesting now that we're starting to see even more and more of that. And I mean, with regard to the mental health, uh, Kate, it is something that is no longer taboo, right? It's something that is no longer kind of uh, something that you just hide under the rug or you don't speak about. It is something that is extremely, extremely pushed to the forefront. It's something that's very prevalent. And because of technology, because of social media now, we have we have this, this chasm that it begins to create where you have individuals who can then become an influencer, which is really great, but then you constantly compare yourself with other individuals, which is really tough. And one of the things actually that I spoke about uh, last night was really just being in love with like who you are for the longest time I had an issue. Like if that, if, if, if that, if, if that guy would have told me, Oh my God, like, you know, I, I expected you to be taller, like back in the day, I don't know, <laughs> you know, who knows what happened. Right. I, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm from Philly, bro. Like don't talk to me. Right. <laughs> but, 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 but like the more that I think about it now, I'm actually at, at peace with it, right? I realize, you know, my, my, my college roommate, 6'6", six, six, I'm 5'7", he and I, we looked like Robin Big when we were going out, right? And uh, <laughs> I don't know if anybody that we were... Robin Biggie, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. any, any, anytime we would go out and we, and we would leave the club, he, he would sometimes go first, but like most of the time that he went first, like it would take us forever to get out, right? I'm just like, dude, like, come on, like what's going on? He's like, well, you, you gotta understand, being six six, I I can't really move people out of the way, you know. Like, hey, sorry, excuse me, right? It 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 feels a bit more aggressive, it you know, et cetera, right? And I was just like, all right, cool. But when you put me in front, oh, we're getting out of there. Hey, sorry, excuse me, hey, excuse me, excuse me, hey, 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 excuse me, right? And it's really beginning to to get and understand that your again your 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 difference is the value that you bring. Like your difference is absolutely divine. And as you can continue to just embrace and enjoy your differences, you find that they begin to just make room for you. You find that I was made this way for, for a reason, right? Like if one leg is longer than the other leg and you walk slower than other individuals, you were probably made that way so that you could see things that other people who are in such a rush yeah. continue to miss and pass, right? Like it is so important to just embrace who you are and just live that authentically. 
Amen, brother. And with that, we are like overtime, but I just couldn't stop listening to you. So just so you know, we're going to you've you've gotten some more followers out of all of us here. And we appreciate you so much for Love it. for really embracing this and, and taking it on. What I'd like to do is uh, invite everybody that's on with us today to um, to really type in what is your takeaway uh, for you, like it may be something at home. Maybe uh, you know we have a lot of baby boomers on here and millennials. You know, maybe it's communicating differently up or communicating across or down or whatever it is your situation is. Making sure that you get everybody on the same playing level. Um, be a better listener. Understand what that person is hearing and what they're about, and and how is that different for you? You know. Um, you know, Carla says, give what you want to get. Uh, embracing differences is what, you know, Cindy is taking away. Kate, how about you? Right, let's bring uh, Jackson back on. I'd like to get him on too, so. I'd say the most interesting part to me that resonated with me the most, besides the stuff we've already talked about, about being called too young to do what you wanted to do, um, was when you said that sometimes it's the things you loathe that, loathe that you should be doing. It's interesting because I, I notice things a lot that it's like, I don't want to talk about that anymore. I don't want to talk about more but it's like why aren't we talking about it more you know why yeah. aren't we putting it in the forefront so i think that that's a key takeaway for me and i enjoyed that a lot yeah cool and we have remember who your audience is and who is always watching or listening change your topics and words around your audience so that's interesting abby good call on that so um with that being said uh we're going to do a couple of wrap-up points coy we'd love for you to hang around with us we have a a couple of winners that uh, we find that we're really engaged with this so um jackson who's our uh, well actually before you announce our two winners kate who's our uh, guest next week who do we have on next week um, we have Quinton alums next week. So really cool part of the forefront of this LinkedIn video content marketing push that's happening actually at VideoCon this year was the first ever LinkedIn panel and he uh -huh. was one of the people on it. So he's going to have a lot to say about video and LinkedIn and being your most authentic self. And he wears this awesome hat all the time. So hopefully we'll have him in hat on next week's episode. I can't wait. He didn't sing that song happy, did he? That's no, right. that's Pharrell. Oh, thank you. He, yeah, he looks a little like Pharrell. <laughs> he does <laughs> no, look like Pharrell. I can see Okay, that. good. You know, sometimes I get it and sometimes I don't. So uh, <laughs> we always ask that everybody uh, lets us know and what they're going to learn. Um, yes, uh, Trish says, Dean, you're showing your age. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So uh, Any, anyone in a hat like that, I swear, we can't watch <laughs> Super Troopers anymore. Oh my God! <laughs> you know that's his brand, man. When you see that hat coming down the hallway, that's it, man. That Absolutely. is it. So, uh, real quick, um, Koi, we have these great 90-day uh, sprint programs for people that want to be influencers or increase that level. So, I'm going to put a little polling question up for the people in the audience, some people that want to hear more about that. And while we're doing that, Jackson, what was your big takeaway uh, from today? Uh, my biggest takeaway was uh, first I'd like to mention that that uh, what you had said <clears throat> was uh, you know the whole attitude about uh, you I mean wherever you put me in the room I mean I'm gonna make friends like everyone's my friend that's exactly <laughs> that was like exactly like I was I was so easy for me to just relate to someone in the room anywhere. And the teachers were always so frustrated. They were like, I don't even know what to do, you know? But that, um, my biggest takeaway would probably be, you know, what, what you said was like, you know, what's your stutter? And you gotta get past those disabilities or whatever they are, the things that make you different, you have to get past that. I think that was probably the biggest thing um, that you, you said that just kind of clicked with me was that, you know, you have to find what that is and you have to move past it and you just have to do it. There's like no guides, there's no YouTube how to, you can't wiki how to move on past that. It's all, it's all just, you have to go out and do it. So I, I really like that. It reminded me of Step Brothers where they said, don't lose your dinosaur. That's how I thought. Oh my gosh. Exactly, funny. yeah. Love it. Don't lose and, your and Coy, just so you know, Jackson is the youngest baby boomer on this program. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Either an old soul or a young, I don't know how to do it. Anyway, I love it. So, Koi, we love uh, you. This was amazing. I'm so glad you were part of this. 
Um, and then, um, yes, and then uh, Stevens chiming in with some good things here. So everybody loved you on this. So what's the best way to follow you? And then Jackson's going to announce our two winners today. Yeah, you got it. Best way to follow me is just Coy McDermott. I'm Coy McDermott on everything. Uh, K-O-Y, and then last name is McDermott, M-C-D-E-R-M-O-T-T. Okay, so this handle that we have, Leaders Inspire, is that a current one, or should we be following you somewhere else? Follow me on Coy McDermott. Everything is Coy McDermott. So, Jackson, we'll send that out in the follow-up stuff. And then who's our two winners, our our winners? And as Jackson's pulling these up, remember, um, you have to share what you learned today from Coy and on this program with somebody so you can inspire and make sure that they're becoming – uh, an influencer along with you. Take people along on this great ride you're on and make sure you share some of the great things that you learned today. So Jackson, who's our two Starbucks gift card winners? Uh, Sanjay Kumar and uh, Abby Peterson. Woo, congratulations. Look at that, a boy and a girl. Usually we have uh, the girls dominated last time. So congrats to those two winners and uh, please make sure that you're helping each other out out there and you're passing the good word and, and just really, 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 you know, take what you learn like on this program and in other areas and share that with your family, your friends, your children, people you care about. Uh, we're just here to help each other out and get to that next step of our influence. And we're assigning you to that as well. So hopefully you all had a good time and Koi, thank you again from all of us here. And we'll see everybody on the next program. And more importantly, we'll see you all in a few minutes online sharing all this cool stuff about Koi. So (laughs) thanks, Koi. Love it. Love it. Being your blessings. I appreciate it. All right. We'll see you all soon. Take care.